This is the How Did You Get Into That Podcast with Grant Baldwin, Episode 1. Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That Podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. Well, greetings and welcome to the very first episode of How Did You Get Into That? My name is Grant Baldwin. I will be your host on this fun-filled adventure for the next however long we get to hang out together. So uh, I can't tell you, I'm super, super stoked about this podcast. I'm super stoked about this journey and uh, where we're, uh, we're headed with this. I wanted to take basically this first episode and just briefly explain what this show will be about, how it came to be, and since hopefully we're going to be spending a lot of time together, I wanted to give you just a quick snapshot of who I am and what I do. Now, to get started, basically I'm a, a motivational speaker for students. Now, to go ahead and answer your question, no, I don't live in a van down by the river, at least not anymore. We just moved out. I'm pretty excited about that. And basically, I, I travel around the country, and I speak at about 50 or 60 events each year, mostly for high school and college students. I also I speak at a few events for parents and educators, and some of the events are student leadership conferences, both at state and national levels. I also speak at a lot of school assemblies, and I speak at a, a lot of colleges as well. Now, a lot of people ask, you know, what exactly is it that you speak about? And we do a lot of talks that are motivational in nature and getting students to think about their, the kind of life that they want to have, where their life is going, what their future looks like. But we also do a lot with just helping students plan and prepare for life after high school and college. I've found that a lot of schools are really good at preparing students for more school, but they don't always focus on preparing students for life. So we work with students, a lot of practical skills such as personal finance, figuring out if and where you're going to go to college, how you're going to pay for it. But one of my favorite topics to talk about with people is what they want to do with their life in terms of a career. See, in, in my work, one of the most common questions I get as a speaker is, how did you get into that? There's not an event that goes by that someone doesn't ask me that question. It's a great question. It's one I find myself asking others when I meet people who are doing something interesting or fascinating. And I think one of the reasons that I enjoy asking others this question and why people ask me the question is not necessarily because they want to get into speaking. I think it's just it's more that in today's world, it's rare to find people who are doing something that fits outside the normal box. Because for me, I meet far too many people who are doing work that they either they hate, they don't enjoy, or simply that they find uninteresting or uninspiring. Far too many people do a job simply because it's a means to an end. It provides a paycheck, but I firmly believe that life is too short to do something you hate. We all have to work. We all have to make a living doing something. We all need a paycheck. Why wouldn't you do something you love? So the goal of this show is to introduce you to people who are doing interesting and even unconventional work. And my hope is that these interviews and this show can be an inspiration to you and your own journey to find and do work that you love. So since we're going to be hanging out together a lot, I wanted to give you a quick snapshot of not only who I am and what I do, but also how I arrived at this spot. Now, I already told you a little bit about what I do as a speaker, but how did I get into this in the first place? Although I'm doing something I really enjoy and feel like I'm good at, it wasn't something that I ever really had on my radar as an option. So I was born and raised in Missouri. I've lived here my entire life. I'm the oldest of three. I have a younger brother, younger sister. In fact, they're both entrepreneurs in their own way, so I may introduce both of them to you at some point. Now, in high school, I, uh, I got really involved in my church and my youth group, and my, my youth pastor was someone who had a huge impact on my life. I was drawn to what, what he was doing and quickly felt like I wanted to do the same for students as what he had done for me. 
So early on in high school, I just kind of set my mind to I wanted to be a youth pastor. That felt like a great gig. That felt like the a great path and great option for me. And the more I got connected in my youth group, the more I became friends with other guys who also wanted to be youth pastors. I think deep down, we all like the idea of just being professional teenagers where we got paid to hang out with students. As so for years, I had planned on becoming a youth pastor, and, and there wasn't really anything else on my radar that was super appealing. I just felt like I was one of the lucky ones who knew what I wanted to do. So I started making plans to really make that happen. In fact, I was so confident in what I wanted to do that I graduated at semester of my senior year of high school and then enrolled at a local Bible college. And so I moved in the dorm with a few buddies I knew from church, and I felt like I was now beginning to start making like legit steps towards my career as a youth pastor. And, and meanwhile, I stayed really involved in my church and began helping out as a youth leader, which as a side note, I, I probably learned more from just volunteering there than I did ever by sitting in a class. And I think that's a valuable lesson. I think that's something that you're going to hear a lot throughout these interviews is that there's a lot of people who found someone that was doing something very similar to what they wanted to do. They learned from them. They job shadowed them. They were mentored by them. They got masterminds by them. They just found people that were doing something they loved. And instead of just just uh, trying to feel the need to recreate the wheel, they followed the path that had been laid out by them. So while I was in college, spent a lot of time doing that. And then also I spent some time working for a guy who happened to be a youth speaker as well. And so I helped handle some of the, the scheduling, booking of his events. So I got to really learn the ins and outs of the business, just the behind the scenes world. And it was definitely, I was always intrigued by being a speaker, but I also saw how much he had to be gone. And that wasn't super appealing to me. I like to travel, but I, I didn't want to be gone too much. So while I was in, in college, got married to my high school sweetheart. We, uh, we actually started dating when I was a freshman in high school, and she was a junior. Oh, yeah. Pretty proud of that fact. So uh, th- this, my girl, my wife, Sheila, means everything to me. And uh, it's just been insanely supportive of whatever I do. And even at the time uh, of this recording, we've been married for 12 years. We've dated for five years. So we've been together 17 years, which is just insane, but still like, super, super crazy about her. And together, we've got three beautiful little girls. So I love my business and I love entrepreneurship, but I adore, adore my girls. So me in a house of women, it is awesome. I have my own little Barbie dream house, my little sorority house. It is so, so cool. So I'm a huge family guy. If you listen to this show for long, you're you're probably going to hear a lot more about my ladies. I'll probably try to introduce you to them at some point. So uh, I did the Bible college thing for four years, graduated with a bachelor's degree, and I got this fancy piece of paper and was ready to find my first like grown-up career gig. I ended up getting a youth pastor job at a local church in my own hometown, and I counted this as, a, as like as a bonus because I, I fully expected to have to move somewhere. So super stoked to start this new job. Feel like I was really doing what I had literally been working towards for years. And in the first several months of the job, I really I enjoyed it. I started connecting with students. I was able to speak more often. I felt like I was really living the dream. But that dream quickly faded. And about a year into the job, I started feeling, I already started feeling burnt out. It wasn't as much fun anymore. The excitement had long worn off. And I started questioning what I was really doing. And there were parts of the job that I enjoyed, but it also felt like I was, I was always on, which was very, very difficult. Being a youth pastor, and, in, and not just that, but in a lot of jobs... It's not like you clock in and you clock out. You're just always available. You're always accessible, which was just very difficult physically, mentally, emotionally, all of the above. 
Now, during that time, I uh, found out that Sheila, my wife, was pregnant and with our first child. And there's nothing like becoming a parent that really puts it in perspective. And I've, I've heard this from several other entrepreneurs as well. And so I just I, I started quickly asking myself, listen, if you make a difference in a bunch of students' lives, whether that be as a youth pastor or speaking or whatever, but you suck as a husband or as a father, just forget that. That's just not worth it. And so that's how I started feeling. That's how I started thinking. That's something I even to this day, I still believe, even as a speaker who travels around a lot, I, I believe that if I, if I speak to 100,000 students, but if I drop the ball as a husband or as a father, it's just, it's just not worth it. So that's always been on my mind. So the job that I was doing, this this youth pastor gig got more and more intense. I started wondering if maybe I should quit. And I actually, I even had a conversation with my boss and told him I was feeling worn out, wasn't enjoying the job, was thinking about quitting. And that was a huge risk given that he could have fired me on the spot. But at the time he seemed pretty understanding was, and I was hopeful that things would change. But I still had this nagging feeling like I, I just wasn't sure that I wanted to do this for the rest of my life. And in a very real way, I felt trapped. I felt like I'd just spent the last four years of going to college preparing for this job, preparing for this moment. And now that I was in it, I didn't feel like it was what I really wanted to do. But it felt like I was also, I was too deep in to change and to do something different. I literally, I felt like I was having this quarter life crisis. And maybe that's something that you felt, or maybe it's your current reality. I ended up going to a, a conference. It was a youth pastor conference in Nashville. And I remember sitting in a workshop and I remember that the, the guy saying, listen, if you're not enjoying at least 70 or 80% of what you're doing, you should quit. And I vividly remember him saying that and sitting in that session and just kind of having like that light bulb eureka moment. We're feeling like, I got to do something different. Like this isn't for me. And so I still, I still remember leaving that room and calling my wife, who at the time would have been about four months pregnant and saying, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do next. I don't know what career I want to pursue. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I just know this isn't it. And so I called my wife and told her that I came back from the career and within a week or two, I ended up resigning from that position. And this would have been uh, mid-December. So at that time, my wife was about five months pregnant. I didn't have any job lined up. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't have, it's not like we had a massive savings safety net. Um, we just, I don't I felt like we thought it through. Looking back, it was a little crazy of a leap to go from something to nothing when your wife is five months pregnant. But for me, I just felt like I'm just dying here. And it, it affected just my own personal life. It affected my wife. It affected our marriage. And it just felt like I, I just can't keep living like this. And so I resigned and uh, quickly picked up a job at a, um, a security company and uh, worked for them just doing like residential security sales. And it was a straight commission job, which was great because I'm a hard worker, I'm a hustler, and I always just believe like you get out what you put into it. And so I was willing to just bust my butt. I came in there and very quickly, I was one of the top sales guys, uh, pretty consistently month to month, I was one of the top sales guys and was just willing to like, I got to provide, I got to put food on the table, I got to make this work. It was a great lesson in 
uh, just my own ability to create a path where seemingly there was there was no path. So I, I got to work. I did that for several months, but knowing at the time that's not at all what I wanted to do. I also I went back and I got a a job at a local restaurant. I'd worked at a fine dining restaurant before, so I picked up a job there doing some just serving, just waiting tables. And so at the time I was doing a couple of different things, just trying to piece together enough income to make it work. And so in April of 2006, my wife. I've had our, uh, our first child, Sydney, and uh, today Sydney is eight and just a phenomenal little girl. Absolutely adore Sid. And so at the time, I'm just going, all right, I'm a, I'm a new parent. I'm a few years into this whole marriage thing. I've got a four-year degree that I'm not really sure is relevant to what it is that I want to do, but I'm not really sure what I want to do now. So really, for several months, I, I spent time, I was reading books like 48 Days to the Work You Love by Dan Miller. Uh, another one that I read that was a huge impact on me was by Max Lucado called Cure for the Common Life. And uh, we'll link up to those in the show notes, but it was just a, a season of life of going, crap, I just... I don't know what it is that I want to do with my life. And I was taking personality assessments and and surveys and just studies and just anything I could to figure out what am I supposed to do now? Because at the time I was I was about 25 years old and just no clue what I wanted to do with my life. Literally, it just felt like it was this quarter life crisis. So in thinking through what were some things that were appealing to me, what were some things that I was good at, what were some things I was interested in, and one thing that stood out in my mind was I always really enjoyed speaking. Remember the times that I did get to speak at the church, the times that I did speak in the youth group or even at other opportunities, I just felt alive. I felt like, man, that was really cool. That was a great opportunity. I felt like I did good. I felt like I did good with it. I felt like it resonated and connected with people. So I felt like I think I could give this a shot. I think I could make this work. And so I remember it was September of 2006. And I remember sitting down with my wife and just saying, hey, I think I'm going to give this speaking thing a shot. Now, I, I couldn't just, you know, I was still doing the security stuff. I was still waiting tables at the restaurant. I couldn't just quit those because I still, I, we still had obligations, still had bills to pay. I like to eat and live indoors. And apparently, uh, new little babies, they like to eat and poop a lot. So uh, we have to have some type of income. So I started to figure out what it is that I wanted to do and then started to take some, some steps in that direction. I met a guy who was doing, who was a youth speaker and seemed to be kind of on a path that I wanted to go on. So I connected with him went to a boot camp. You'll meet him in an interview later on in this series. And so I, I talked with him and, and that it helped again a ton to connect with someone who was doing something that I already wanted to do. So he helped kind of point me in the right direction, kind of lay out that path for me. So I met up with him, learned some of that stuff, created a website, made a video and just started hustling, just started figuring out what are the types of things that I want to be at? What are the types of events where they hire speakers that would be a good fit for, for me to be a part of? And I just started emailing them. Uh, a lot of them were just cold emails. And you know, most of them were like, hey, we're all set. We appreciate it though. But a few of them were like, yeah, sure. We need a speaker. We'll have you. And at first I was just shocked. I couldn't believe that someone would actually be interested in hiring me. I was just, it was blown away that someone would be willing to pay me money for something that I felt like was just, I have never really done before other than a handful of times. I knew I was decent at it, but it would just blew my mind that someone was willing to pay me money. And so I remember each time I would get booked for something, I'd get off the phone and tell my wife, I was like, I can't believe it, but there's some people out there that are going to pay me to talk. This is so cool. It was just this amazing, amazing feeling. 
So I started booking some stuff. I, I continued just to hustle. I continued to do the security thing. Uh, I continued to wait tables. And for a while, for a while, I was doing like a bunch of different stuff. Once I really started getting into the speaking thing, I, uh, I worked with an organization doing school assemblies. And I was basically, I was doing their material, but they would book the school assemblies. So I'd show up at a school, I'd give their presentation, and they would they'd pay me a few hundred bucks. And it wasn't much, but it was something. It was a step in the right direction, but it wasn't nearly enough to pay the bills. So I did that. I also worked for a, a corporate seminar company in Kansas City, and I would travel around and do corporate seminars for them, just these all-day seminars. So it wasn't really what I wanted to do. I was doing, I was wearing the suit and tie and giving these presentations to people where I was generally the youngest person in the room. And so you had a lot of people that were just like, okay, listen, young pup, what can I learn from you? You don't know what you're talking about. And I had some of those doubts and fears and insecurities myself. And it wasn't at all what I wanted to do long term. But if I could speak and wear a suit, it was better than waiting a table or selling security systems. So I knew it was a step in the right direction of something that I wanted to do. So for a while, I was doing just a combination of all of the above. I was waiting tables a few times, a few nights a week. I was selling security systems. I was doing school assemblies with this one organization. I was doing seminars with this corporate company. And then I was doing some of my own stuff. And it was just kind of a hodgepodge of stuff, kind of piecemealed together in order to make it work, in order to create enough of an income to just to create a life. And so I did that for a while. And the more that my own speaking built up, the more that I could drop other things. So once the speaking started building up, I could quit the serving job at the restaurant. As my speaking continued to build up, I could drop the security sales job. As that continued to build up, I also could drop the seminar company. And eventually it took me about a year and a half, but I was able to quit everything else and was able to do focus on speaking entirely. And I wasn't really able to make that leap until... I had enough booked, I had enough income coming in, I had enough of my own events where I knew we could make it work without anything else. So again, I stress that, that it wasn't like I was like, man, I want to be a speaker. Let's quit our job on Friday. And by Monday, it's all just going to work out and we're going to be able to be a speaker. It just it doesn't work like that. And so that's really, I've been speaking for the past you know six, seven years or so full time. Uh, been very, very blessed and fortunate to speak to students and, and parents and teachers just all over the country. I absolutely love what I do. And so part of what I want to do this podcast for is be able to share some of that message, some of that encouragement and inspiration with other people who may not have heard me speak. As a a speaker, as I mentioned, one of the questions I get all the time is, how did you get into that? And so our goal is that this podcast, we interview people that are doing unique, interesting, and inspiring work just to not only help out, help figure out how would someone get into that? If someone wanted to become a speaker, if someone wanted to become an artist or a blogger or a musician, what are the steps that you should take in order to get into that? But then also just providing that inspiration and encouragement that, listen, if Grant, that joker, if he can make a living talking to students then surely I can make a living doing whatever it is that I'm, I'm passionate about. And so our goal is that this podcast would provide that inspiration, that encouragement, that roadmap for you to not only figure out what it is that you want to do, but figure out what you need to do to actually make it happen. See, whenever we look at successful people, a lot of times they go on this journey from A to Z. And we like looking at Z. Z is the sexy part of the journey. They've arrived. They're successful. However, we would define success. They are on the mountaintop. But 
we forget to look at the early steps, A, B, and C. What were the early things that they do to begin to get traction that would help them eventually get to X, Y, and Z? And so that's what we're trying to focus on is just normal, everyday people that are doing something cool, that are doing something they love, doing something that they're passionate about. What are the early steps that they took and what are the things that you could do to help pursue and find work that you love. So thank you so much for hanging out with us. I'm super, super stoked about this. You're going to hear just some really, really cool interviews. We've got people, artists, bloggers. We've got videographers, photographers, a bunch of different types of of roles and positions, uh, podcasters, authors, software developers, world travelers, interviewing a cheesemonger. Super stoked about that. So if you were into cheese, it's going to be cool. This girl is one of the top chop cheese experts in New York City. So that's going to be awesome. Another guy who runs a chocolate factory. Literally, this dude is like a modern day Willy Wonka. So for those types of people, it's like, how do you get into that? How do you create something like that? Another a friend of mine who uh, her job as an entrepreneur is to interview millionaires. It's basically what she does all day, every day is interview millionaires. What are things that they've done to be successful? How do you get a job like that doing what she's done? Uh, I've got a buddy who runs a lifestyle brand. Think of like a life is good type brand. He's creating that for athletes, something that is really blowing up. That's really, really cool. So those types of stories of just normal every day, some of them are entrepreneurs. Some of them have their own business. Some of them are employees of companies, but we hope that, that their story their journeys, their struggles, their trials, their ups and downs of pursuing something that they love can be an encouragement to you and whatever it is that you're pursuing. So I would love to hear from you. Feel free to email me anytime. You can hit me up at grant at grantbaldwin.com, grant at grantbaldwin.com. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Baldwin, Grant Baldwin. And of course, you can find all the show notes, links, everything related to the podcast is going to be at grantbaldwin.com. So anything that we reference, anytime, anytime we talk about a link or something, you can always go to grantbaldwin.com, find the show notes and find exactly just kind of an overview of the show, download stuff there. A couple things I would add ask you to do as we kind of wrap this first episode up. I would ask you to go to iTunes. And if you would, number one, if you would leave us in just an honest review, we would love to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear what you like about the show. That feedback not only encourages me that some people are actually listening and they dig it, they enjoy what we're doing, hopefully, but also with iTunes ranking and rating systems, those reviews have a huge, huge impact and influence. So if you can leave us an honest review, that makes a huge, huge difference in helping us just get this word out and get this message, get these stories out to to as many people as possible. Also, if you would, uh, within iTunes or maybe within Stitcher or wherever that you listen to podcasts, if you would hit the subscribe button so that you would subscribe to this podcast, add this to your feed of different podcasts and shows that you listen to, that would help out a lot as well. And then just download the episodes. If if anything that you haven't listened to up at this point, go back through, download those, get caught up. I want you to share in and be inspired by these journeys and stories that we hear. So super excited to go on this journey with you. Thanks for being a part of this. Thanks for listening to this very first episode. My name is Grant Baldwin. You've been listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast. We'll talk to you real soon. Peace out. All 
All right, there you go, my friends. Welcome to the end of episode one. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for sticking around and uh, hearing my story. Hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you got a little more context on who I am and what it is that I do as a speaker and now as a podcaster and just a little bit about my story there. So hopefully you can relate. If you can relate, if this is something that connects with you, then uh, I would love for you to stick around. There's a bunch of different episodes and interviews that we're going to be sharing with you over the next several weeks and months and hopefully into the next several years that I, I would love for you to, to check out. So with every episode, you can go to grantbaldwin.com and you're going to be able to find all of the links and show notes, resources, anything that we talk about with the uh, with the with whoever we're interviewing, it will all be at grantbaldwin.com. That way you can get a good summary of the show. You can find everything that uh, you want to know about it there. So make sure that you stop by, that you check that out on the website. Again, grantbaldwin.com. Also, one of the things we're doing right now is uh, in order to help promote the podcast and be able to get it out to as many people as possible, we are currently running a contest. So here's how this is going to work. You can go to grantbaldwin.com slash contest, and uh, we're going to be giving away a variety of different prizes. We're giving away an iPad. We're giving away a $100 gift card to Amazon. We're giving away a free consultation or coaching session with me. I would love to hang out with you, chat, hear about your story and what I can do to help you out. And so here's how you can be eligible to win these fabulous prizes. This is like prices right right now. Here's what you can do. Go to grantbaldwin.com slash contest, and I'm going to ask you to do three things. Within iTunes, all the steps are going to be on, on this page, but here's the nutshell of what I'm asking you to do. You can go to iTunes and go to the podcast page. You can just go within iTunes and search for how did you get into that or search for my name, Grant Baldwin. You'll find it. And number one, if you would subscribe to the podcast. That way, every episode that we come out with, you're able to immediately get that uh, sent right to your, your mobile device, your iPhone, your iPad, wherever that may be. So make sure that you you subscribe. Second thing, we would ask you just to leave a, a rating and review for the podcast. That really, really helps not only me and just know that people are listening and it's helping, but also just to encourage other people to, uh, to check out the podcast that it's worth their time and their hard drive space to download. And then the last thing, if you would, is within grantbaldwin.com slash contest. If you would, just give us your email email address. I promise we're not going to stalk you. I don't want to waste your time. But uh, A, if you win the contest and you win one of these prizes, I got to have a way to contact you and let you know. But then also, we want to just keep you up to date on what's going on in any other contests that we ever run, tell you about some of the upcoming guests that we may have, and just keep you in the loop on what's happening here with the How Did You Get Into That podcast. So if you would do those three things, again, you can find all the details, info there at grantbaldwin.com slash contest. All right? There you have it. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us. I know you're busy. I know you got a lot going on, but it really, it means a lot that you would uh, take the time to listen to this. Hope it's been helpful. Hope it's been inspiring. Can't wait to share the rest of this journey with you. Peace out. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.